0: What's good, everybody? This episode of the podcast is sponsored by DistroKid. They are the go-to for digital music distribution and the easiest way for musicians to get your music onto Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, TikTok, YouTube, and all the places you need your music to be. They offer unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of their earnings in-store 10 to 20 times faster than any other distributor. Fastest payouts, they help out with automatic splits, cover song clearance, and all kinds of other amazing tools and templates to help you get the most visibility for your releases. I dig this company and really appreciate their business model that offers more features than any other distributor at the most affordable price possible for solo musicians, bands, studio artists, DJs, and any other creators that are producing music in their home, and they also offer label services as well. They've got three different tiers to offer creators that start as low as $22.99 a year. That's just $1.92 per month, and even their top tier breaks down to only $7.50 per month. And The best part about Distro Kids sponsoring the podcast is that they are offering Dan Cable Presents listeners 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable services even cheaper for you. Check out the link in the episode notes. I also put it in my Instagram bio in the link tree. Click that link and it'll give you 30% off your first year of service. Super stoked to have Distro Kids sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their longtime support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Drops. Drops are an organ-based edible company and one of my go-tos when I'm heading into the dispensary. Their consistency and price point keeps them in my regular rotation of gummies. I love their 100-milligram canisters that have the little 5-milligram bites in there. They make it easy to monitor dosage and not get unexpectedly blasted. The chill ones are my favorite. They're this banging watermelon flavor, and one thing that I love about these edibles is that they taste great. Sometimes you get some edibles that pack a punch but taste horrible, and drops I have to be careful with because they taste so good that I just want to eat them like a bag of Sour Patch Kids. With drops, you can choose your edibles based on how you want to feel. That's possible because drops are made with live rosin, a solventless full-spectrum cannabis concentrate. As a full-spectrum concentrate, rosin contains the full array of psychoactive compounds in cannabis which work together to give each strain its unique effect. All of their cannabis is flash-frozen and processed into that live rosin. The flash-freezing prevents plant material from decomposing and preserves terpenes that evaporate during the traditional drying and curing processes. They come in 10 different flavors and strains to choose from, including several CBD variations. You can find Drops at your favorite local organ dispensary. Just tap into the link in the episode notes to find a supplier in your area. Big thanks to Drops for their support. Let's start the episode. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Tuesday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, helping strangers. Find the podcast and just a great way to raise the visibility of this thing on the international and national levels, helping new people discover the podcast and just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. Appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe wherever you are listening from tell a friend about the podcast tell a friend about the monthly playlist that i've been dropping every first of the month those are available on spotify and apple pretty spread out genre wise just a snapshot of what i'm listening to throughout the month things that are making it into my dj sets and it's very wide genre wise so check those out links in the episode notes Stoked to get into episode 354 of this thing. This week on the podcast, we've got one of my favorite bands that I found out about in 2022, and that is Good Looks from Austin, Texas. So rad to sit down for an hour or so and chat with these dudes about how this band got going and the creative dynamics involved, as well as their debut record, Bummer Year, which is available on vinyl and everywhere else that you listen to music. I met these dudes back in November of 2022 in Boise, Idaho, while doing a tour managing gig for my friend Isabel. And she had the opportunity to open for Good Looks in Boise. And I was already a fan of their music. And when we met them that night, they were just so incredibly kind and fun to be around. And we all got to know each other a bit that night in Boise and then went our separate ways and have kept up with one another since then. And I'd been wanting to have them on the podcast for a while. So it was rad to get to reunite with them in Boise last week at the Treefort Music Festival. I was very stoked when I saw that they were on the lineup. So we recorded this in their hotel lobby in Boise, and it was just a lot of laughs and appreciated getting the opportunity to learn more about their band and where this music comes from. So we're going to get into that momentarily if you're new to the cast Go back and check out the last couple weeks of conversations, especially if you're a fan of Good Looks. I think Kendall Lujon and Desolation Horse, who were the uh, previous week's guests, are making music that would be mutually appreciated by fans of Good Looks. And as mentioned before, that Good Looks Bummer Year record is out. Now on vinyl via Keeled Scales Records, who puts out so much great stuff, including another one of my favorite records that I found from last year, and that is from Sun June, who is also an Austin, Texas bass band. And I've listened to that somewhere record from them pretty obsessively. And I got to see them for the first time at Tree Fort there at the Tree Fort Music Hall. And that was really sweet to see them in that brand new venue. So check. Out that Keels Scales record label. Check out Good Looks. Big thanks to Tyler, Jake, Harrison, and Phil for jumping on the mics with me. All the links will be in the episode notes, and we're gonna kick off the episode with the first track off the Bummer Year record. It's called Almost Automatic. Let's do the damn thing.
1: Channel not resist.
0: to uh, have the opportunity to, to hang out with you guys here um, before we get into you know the creative dynamics of the band and uh, how this thing got going I just wanted to, to gush a little bit about you all and my experience with uh, with meeting you guys back in November when Isabeau and I came out on tour and got to she got to support you guys that night here in Boise at the Neurolux and I don't know what your guys experience is with you know playing with random people along the road but it doesn't always feel like the warmest experience right away and i think like as soon as we walked in you guys were just all the the sweetest and i know harrison you weren't you weren't part of that that adventure but i would assume that you're you're also here because you're a super good dude along with being a good musician but you you all were just so like warm and just like immediately like hey do you guys want to get dinner together and we just kind of had like the the whole day to hang out before the show and it was uh it was an impactful experience like we we talked about Isabeau and I talked a lot about our encounter with you guys as we finished out that road trip so just wanted to say like what a what a positive experience that was and just a, a sweet way to get to know you guys and I was already a fan of the music going into that night. I was, like, pretty familiar with the Bummer Year records. So it's also very rad when you, you find out people that you enjoy their their art and also, like, enjoy their company.
1: Man,
2: hell yeah. That was, uh, yeah, it was really great hanging out with you guys, too. That was a lot of fun. Definitely a highlight for us on that, on that run of, uh, you know, shows up to that point had been, you know, so-so. And so that was really...
0: That was really fun hanging. Yeah. It's just, uh, doesn't always feel like it works out that way. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I, I think, I've, at least for me, I'm, I'm the least traveled in the situation. But it feels like I've been really enjoying like the amount of people that we've been meeting along the way on the road. It feels like for the most part, we've been able to like make some great connections with people. Yeah. You know, I can't think of a situation in my mind where like, uh, you know, a, a band was like, standoffish or anything for sure
0: but it's but i can i can understand how that could i could feel that way yeah or just like i don't know made sense that i wanted to like keep up with you guys after like oh i hope i come across these these dudes Mm -hmm. again yeah it was for sure so um but yeah stoked to to dive into things a bit tyler why don't you talk to me first about like when you first started songwriting has this been something you've been doing since you were a kid
2: yeah i mean i i i started learning how to play guitar a few times and when I was a teenager but it kind of stuck when I was I think I was 16 and really just within a week or two of picking up the guitar I, it just clicked I was starting to write songs and I played piano before that but never really made sense to me like from a songwriting perspective but something about you know the rhythm of the guitar or whatever just made sense and so yeah
0: I've been writing for almost I guess 20 years now yeah, did you gravitate towards the the writing part pretty right away, as yeah. far and like opposed to learning covers or learning how to shred?
2: Yeah, I mean, I th- I think I learned a few covers on Ultimate uh, Guitar, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tab website. Like, that was kind of that was that was definitely part of the journey. And We also had like you know, me and my buddy Sean had the Guitar World magazine, so we'd learn like you know both both parts to like every stroke song that they put in there, and yeah. Uh, Uh, but, but yeah, for the most part, it was, it was just immediately kind of about songwriting and learning the instruments always kind of been second to, (laughs) you know, writing for me. So I'm still, you know, 20 years in
0: playing guitar, but probably don't have 20 years to show for it. Did did you always feel like pretty comfortable with, uh sharing your tunes in front of people? Yeah, unfortunately, I did. <laughs> uh, those, uh,
2: those first ones are real bad.
0: That's a part uh, of the deal.
2: Yeah, it is. But I always... Um, it's good to go through that when you're a teenager and you have the ultimate confidence in your ability. So I definitely... Yeah, like early on, I was I was doing like a weekly residency at a coffee shop in the mall uh, in my like small hometown. So I definitely was like performing out. Uh, for a long time, and uh, playing some some bad songs in front of people, doing it alone, solo, a lot. Yeah, I, I had a I had a band in high school too called Casual Friday, but I definitely played a lot of uh, solo gigs too. <laughs> yeah,
0: And <laughs> my understanding, you and Jake have been playing the longest together, right? Out of the the. That's band.
2: right. Yeah, just I guess just barely too, because. We started playing together in, I think, 2017. And um, Phil joined the band in 2018. So it's, yeah, just we, Jake and I have definitely been playing the longest, but
0: not by not by much. Yeah. And is everybody in the band then playing like their their primary instrument in this setup, like the, the instrument that you're, you're most comfortable on? I think that's true. I know th- I know
2: Phil is a as uh, a, a multi-instrumentalist. Yes. He plays That's right. guitar. Uh,
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
5: uh, no, but it's yeah, it's pretty much just drums. Drums was the first instrument. I think I I mean when I was a kid I probably played the guitar first. My dad showed me yeah. probably three chords, you know. Yeah. Um and then yeah, I started percussion in elementary school. So you kind of get to learn how to play, you know, like the bell set or glockenspiel, whatever you want to call it. Um, That's kind of what made me figure out or like kind of guided me to figure out like uh, learning how to play the piano. Harry, you want (laughs) to? I'm one of the
6: classic tales of guitarist turned bassist. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've been playing bass in bands since like 2015 so it's definitely something that i feel pretty natural and comfortable with but definitely started on guitar and then moved into bass because bands need bassists. <laughs> that's true is that do you feel like that's your your preference at this point too was playing bass I, or? I do enjoy um yeah i love bass it's a it's a cool instrument yeah Said no one ever. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: so what drew the two of you initially into having the opportunity to play music together?
3: I'll probably tell the story wrong, but we met each other at the Kerrville Folk Festival. <laughs> okay. And I felt like, at least in my brain, the way that this goes out, the way that I remember this story is that I kept being like, hey, I should play in a band with you, Tyler. I should play guitar in your band. Uh, Tyler's band was only a three-piece at the time. I think it took a little bit of talking uh, into. Yeah, is that is that about right? I don't remember you asking a bunch of times. I, well, I don't think it was like every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
2: I I just like needed a lot of control and definitely was like resistant to having another guitar player in a band for a long time so yeah it took some it took some getting used to and then jake got better too like i feel like jake was was always good at guitar and then you know all of a sudden he was just like really really good and so it it
0: it made a lot of sense you guys were running like in familiar circles with one another and like seeing each other's bands play yeah yeah we knew each other for a couple of years before we
2: started playing together we actually met each other uh, we met each other at the curvil folk festival but Mm. kind of the way that we became close friends was at this other festival that doesn't exist anymore but it was it was down at the beach in south padre in texas and um we we were both playing it and it just so happened that they put us they they put all the artists in these like condos for the week or whatever and um, just so happened they they randomly put us together I think because we both we dressed similarly and looked. We, we kind of, they're like, hey, these guys both look stupid. We should put them together. They'll probably get along. And uh, they're not hippies. So, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how we just, we just kind of got to know each other over the course of that weekend and, and then became good friends. Yeah.
3: I felt like that, like what happened, uh, and, and this is also, this feels like this is the memory in my head, but, we, you know, me and my friend Steven had come down and we'd opened up the door into the, into the condo, and you're like playing guitar. And I want to say that the 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 way I remember it was like, "Hey, you play guitar, right?" He's like, Tyler's like talking to me. He's like, "You play guitar. What do you think about this song?" And he starts playing the song like out of nowhere, just real earnestly. As yes, soon as you walk yes. in the door, it like,
0: was like, "I got something to share and with I you, can't man."
3: R- I mean, I want to say it's something that's it's a it's a song that's on Bummer Year now because I think you just gotten back from like like the uh, recording the. First that's like, negative right. space record, uh-huh. and uh, I think I want to say it was like something like Balmoré or almost automatic.
2: It's one of those two. Was, I don't. I have no idea which but one, but it's one
3: play, of those two. That was like literally the first song you played. I was like, uh-huh. wow,
0: yeah, wow, that was that was great. <laughs> Does that sound in line for you, Tyler? Like something you would do as soon as you know <laughs> Jake opened the door? Like I'm
2: gonna share this with you, man. <laughs> I well, I don't think that's something I would normally do, but I think I was just in like a really kind of broken and vulnerable place I had just I had just like exited a long-term relationship that summer and moved houses I had lived with this partner and um, then gone through like another like fling of a relationship kind of like rebound type of situation but also was kind of tumultuous and yeah I don't know I think I was just like kind of in a wide open sort of mindset at that point but definitely Sharing and connecting with people is not my general mode. of <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, I would like uh, Tyler does
2: not do that. It's, <laughs> the, <laughs> it's kind of the opposite of how I
0: am. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. And Jake, were you just like, you were you were in your mind bugging Tyler a bit to play guitar in his band? So were you pretty drawn into his songwriting? I was. From yeah, the get-go? I, was,
3: I was already a fanboy. I had known of Tyler for a long time, and uh, I had none of his music and stuff. And like, we. Uh, I remember we, we like, um, the festival that we initially met at is in my hometown Kerrville. And like, it's mostly, you know, a lot of the people that, that normally hang out there. I mean, but most of them are of the, of the hippie variety, not, not fully, but like, I felt like when I first met Tyler and our friends, David and, and lunchbox, I was like, Oh, I've, I've like finally found the people I like abide with. And I was like, I've like intimidated by Tyler initially. And, uh, and so, yeah, when he started playing that song, when I walked into the, I walked into the condo, I was like, I didn't know how to react. (laughs) I was like, I was like, this is, this is insane. And and the song was amazing. I was like, yeah, we ended up just like hanging out, like hanging real tight that weekend and just doing like, we stayed up and watched the, uh, the sunrise Mm -hmm. on the beach. On the beach.
2: yeah. Yeah very romantic
0: romantic. yeah that's beautiful (laughs) (laughs) how how romantic Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 and jake you come into things like as a as a songwriter yourself as as well as someone that's really comfortable playing lead
3: yeah i i feel like i didn't start like really fully doing like lead guitar stuff until i moved to austin okay um but because I yeah I, I grew up I, I grew up playing bass and I played mandolin in a few bands when I was younger too, but uh yeah I started like getting into my like with my band I have like a three like a power trio and uh and so I was like kind of like doing a lot of like in between singer songwriter and melodic guitar playing kind of stuff like with like it wasn't until I joined this band called Continental Drift in Austin that was like a kind of like an Afro Latin beat band that i like really started getting the lead guitar f- more fully and uh yeah i was like really i was like really wanting to play yeah do that with with i've never done i've never done like what i do with good looks now nah, i've never done it before in another band where it's like i'm
0: contributing in tandem with like somebody else's songwriting gotcha you know was that like maybe some of your apprehension at first to tyler like you hadn't like really seen jake do what he does in in good looks <laughs> Um, that would support that or is it just more about the like the control thing that you it, were it's mostly, talking about I think it's mostly just me
2: I think yeah I think over time I've I've slowly like through therapy and stuff kind of opened up and just allowed more people in and s- said yes more often and that yeah. kind of thing so I think it had more to do with me than it really did with Jake And what was the project like before Good looks that you were doing Tyler like. well so the history of that's kind of interesting um I made a record in 2015 um actually a lot of this goes through the Kerrville Folk Festival but my friends uh Buck and Adrian go out there and they they started a band that's uh, Big Thief now and um I had asked them to make a record with me and and uh, or help me make a record and so and 2015 in the summer, I went up to, uh, New York and, and they kind of, we, we made this record of my songs and they, they produced it and played on it. And then James, the drummer from big thief was the recording engineer and he played drums on a couple songs too. And, um, so, you know, I got that back and I, I, I kind of put a band together to, um, support the release of that record and, and kind of play those songs out. Although it was a very different band than, than it was just, it felt very different than the actual recording. Okay. And so it was, yeah, it was a three piece for a long time. I I would say it was like kind of surfy in certain ways and just, just a little bit more bare bones with me doing like all the lead stuff kind of in between, uh,
0: singing. Yeah. So were you, uh, were you seeking something more after getting to play that stuff live? As far as like why you you made this switch and how things came about it, is it, forming good looks. It, it kind of came together really
2: organically. Actually, there had been a brief period of like where the band had kind of fallen apart, and uh, you know maybe like four or five months of kind of just nothing. And uh, my friend, one of my friends, like we we had a drummer lined up and we just kind of like all came together at one time, sort of organically. It was a different, different drummer before Phil and a different bass player. Yeah. Just a different time period, but it all kind of just coalesced at like it at a certain time. So it happened pretty
0: organically. How long was it before you made the, the bummer year record from the time you kind of got things going? Yes. So that was, that was interesting too. So
2: I would say kind of this, the, the story of this band starts in probably in 2017 when that four piece came together first with Jake, because I think Jake is such a huge part of of the sound of Good Looks. It's the combination of my songwriting and his guitar playing. You know, it sounded totally different before that. So it kind of start, starts there. And then we did a little bit. We did a like three week long tour that year. And but then we lost our rhythm section or I guess we just lost our drummer. And, and so in August of 2018, we made that record, or we went in and recorded uh, that record and we're f- fully done with it by 2019. And then we started shopping it around and found a home for it on Killed Scales. And, you know, just as soon as we were kind of like ramping up to put it out, the pandemic happened. Yeah. And the record label didn't want to put it out and in that time period. And we also just felt like what do we do if we can't tour this thing and so we just sat on it and it turned out to be a good good decision and um during the pandemic we changed our our band name to good looks and and kind of rebranded or whatever and then 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 uh you know i put nah, the record out
3: that was a whole process was a name change that's true too <laughs> also phil joined the band like what three weeks before, two weeks two weeks before the recording that's right uh, the the barmere
0: record yeah because you're on the re- on the record yeah, right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's what the it, credits say anyway yeah <laughs> yeah
5: I was, I was actually on a on a at the end of a tour with a band called talkies and that band was actually um that was the last uh like few shows we were playing together because we were dropping off uh Ray Serafin, who um, uh, we were dropping him off in Vallejo it, right.
3: Was this a singer? The songwriter. The yeah. songwriter, yeah. singer, yeah, yeah,
5: guitar player. So that band was kind of like coming to an end. Okay. And I uh, didn't really know <clears throat> Tyler or Jake. Uh, I, I kind of knew uh, our old bass player mm. um, through a bar that I worked at. And I saw on an Instagram post, they were like, hey, we're looking for a drummer. And I had seen, uh, I think I had seen uh, Negative Space at a house party, I think one of your old house parties. That's right. And, um <clears throat> had been listening to that CD a bunch and I was just kind of like of course I I cold called him and showed up and we jammed you know drank some beers and yeah you know, I was, shit. I was
3: really excited about it because Phil played in I knew I knew uh, Phil just because of the bands He played in okay, and I was like, oh that guy from talkies and, and oh, yeah. all these other bands like I want yeah. that guy to play
5: in. The so band. but yeah, it was it was really interesting and then like, you know We we kind of had a hang and everything was cool, and then I think that's when you're like Also, you know Tyler's <laughs> like by the way, we have this studio time book so that's in two weeks um you know so get ready to you know record all that stuff and the deal with that was that the guy making the
2: record dan um he also played drums so he was kind of our backup it was like if we don't find someone in time you know we'll we'll have him play on the record but obviously that's not ideal because he's the guy pressing the buttons and stuff so
0: so were the the Became bummer year were those songs that you had the opportunity to play a lot live prior to to Phil joining the band? Like, where there already a lot of like the drum parts were pretty much in place even like as you came no, into yeah, the band? I didn't hear no. anything. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. yeah.
2: He like totally wrote new parts to the songs. And um, I would say that I think I was just thinking about this because we were having this conversation yesterday. I think three of the songs we for sure played out. And then I think the other four, well, three of them, yeah, three and three, and then one of them I'm uncertain. But like uh, 21 and Vision Boards and Bummer Year were the newest songs. Like I had written all of those like within, you know, the six months before going in to make that that record. And then the other uh, almost automatic, uh, Balmaray and Walker Lake were all older songs mostly from like 2015 probably and then <clears throat> First Crossing is the one that's in between those songs I don't know I have no idea whether we played it before Phil or not I couldn't I was just thinking about that I, I think, that I was think the one did. that
5: we like jammed on the day that I came over yeah I, I think I have like a phone recording of it uh, or something like that yeah, yeah I'm
3: pretty sure we played that one before Phil was <clears throat> right? it might have sure. been
5: something like, like this is like a newer song uh-huh. I remember you know obviously when I came over I was just listening to the record so I was just like kind of under the impression, like, oh well, like we'll probably play one of these songs, and right, you're know, like, no, no, no that's not the band anymore. <laughs> <Never heard before. laughs> um, you know
0: that band that you really liked? That's not this yeah. band. <laughs> it's like you're, Yeah, so
5: I remember y'all saying something like that was like uh, a newer song or something that yeah. was in between uh-huh. or something.
3: I'm almost certain so, sure we played it at the Cactus Cafe when did that. Uh, it's possible. Yeah.
2: I well, I I think I may have played it. So it does. This doesn't matter. It's just <laughs> this
3: is
5: boring. This is boring. Yeah, this is boring. <laughs> But this so is not entertaining. I'll
0: decide that in the editing, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll see. I'll see what's boring then. <laughs> Did, is that helpful for you, like getting into the band, having the opportunity that like you're going to record in a few weeks, but you were going to have the opportunity to like kind of express your vision of the, the drums and not just have to walk into something that had a bunch of predetermined for, for sure, parts? Yeah,
5: Yeah, it gives you a little bit, you know, it's definitely a little more like nerve-wracking but at the same time it's comfortable because you do get to be you know i got a chance to be more creative and it's just like hey you don't have to play it this way just like just come up with something yeah and uh you know you I, they, liked, drums. they liked what i did yeah creative Stress.
0: creatively it seemed to like make sense as, yeah. as well as the, the hang was good mm-hmm.
2: yeah phil has a knack for just playing parts that are interesting and good kind of right away which is awesome because we you know or at least i don't speak drums so i can't really i can't give a lot of direction so uh it helps that phil's just kind of like immediately on board and knows what we're trying to do
3: yeah especially having a little brother that that plays drums in my band i'm trying to unlearn not looking at that at the drummer with a cross-eyed face (laughs) (laughs) when they do something i don't like and phil just does it automatically
0: (laughs) What do you think uh, Dan brought out of that that record as far as him producing or mixing and engineering that thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, Robert, our previous bass player, called him the fifth band member, and I think that's very true. Dan's got a great ear. You know, he adds a lot of parts in the mixing process, too. You know, there's like an organ part. On
5: first crossing, there's a lot of shakers. There's, you know, just he these loves like the
3: shakers. Kind of,
5: yeah. these no, kind of definitely put his like little thumbprint on there. That like, right elevated every single song. Yeah, he adds a lot of glue to the the thing. He like the, a lot of the intangible
2: like layers. He can kind of, you know, paint with and definitely a huge part of why the record sounds the way that it does. But also at the same time, th- he doesn't really have any ego around it. Like if it, you know, working with Dan, he requires a lot of control during the recording process and the mixing process. But then afterwards, when you're listening back to it, if you're like, no, I don't really like that part. If you could take that out, that'd be great. He doesn't have any sort of ego
0: about it. So he's, he's, he's kind of a dream to work with. Was there much writing that happened like within the studio sessions or was everything pretty hammered in for what y'all wanted to do? Yeah, pretty much none at all. As far as like as far as the
2: songs the songs were all pretty much done i think like some of the crafting happened with like lead guitar parts and that kind of thing you know i would say that was some of the that maybe that stuff wasn't like fully fully written on everything but for the most part we were just ready to go we had you know limited time limited money and and so we try to be as ready as possible for for that first record for sure
0: talk to me about the way uh like Jake helps shape your your songwriting as, as far as you speaking to uh what he brings out of things. Yeah. I don't so I I write the
2: songs a- alone kind of like I you know I mostly I write the chord progressions and the words by myself and then we arrange as a band, but Jake adds things to the songs that I would like never have have thought or put in into them. I mean like, I think at their base, a lot of these songs are just kind of folky Americana songs. But when, when Jake adds guitar to it, it, it turns in, it's, and, and Phil too, for that matter, on, on drums, like it, they turn into these like bigger rock and roll songs with, you know, kind of wild guitar parts. I, I think, I, I really think that they make the songs more interesting than they would be otherwise. Like, I think the songs have good lyrics and are, you know, there's like catchy melodies to them, but I, I think adding Adding them in is um, is such a big part of why the songs are enjoyable to listen to. Probably,
3: that's really sweet.
2: Thanks, bud. Oh, <laughs> nice, man. God, dang,
0: I would imagine there's just like a level of trust with them now at this point too, where it's maybe a little bit easier to just be like, these guys are gonna help. Make the thing better.
2: Yeah. Phil, yes. Jake, we, we, Jake and I like really sit down and have have some battles.
3: (laughs) Not battles. Battles. No. It's
2: just, you know, the guitar part operates in the same space as the vocal. Okay. And so Jake plays, you know, Jake and Phil are both very feelings based players. And I'm a very like measured and thoughtful you know not not that they're not thoughtful but just I very left brain I feel like they tend to be a little bit more right brain and so sometimes there's just a battle there of like what fits what what doesn't fit and I, and I come from this place of like analyzing everything and so I have a lot of opinions about Jake's guitar parts <laughs>
3: <laughs> but but it's, it's one of those things too is that because I know I know like we both know kind of what we're dealing with with each other mm-hmm. and so like I I give like like you know when t- when Tyler has like a suggestion or like a, a an adjustment on something like i you know i try not to get too much in the way of it yeah uh, and uh i think the only, the only point of contention really that 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 i i, I have for the band sometimes is because I, i'm too loud on stage <laughs> yeah just <laughs> <it's>, the stage <laughs> volume can be kind of wild sometimes
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you you two will uh sit down quite a bit then and mm-hmm. chop it up about what's going to work and the adjustments that need to be made. It feels like it happens pretty quickly, honestly. It does, yeah. yeah
3: it's 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 in the midst of practice. We're like, oh, like maybe it's. Just, I feel like the it's, it's on one of the newer songs we were talking about. I think it's self Uh-huh. We were talking about like. Initially, I was doing like kind of like an over, uh, overlaying like a solo thing in this break, yeah. But instead, we decided like Tyler made a suggestion about like either like laying off there or like playing more to this uh, vocal melody that we end up recording on the next on the second record, yeah. Uh, and and it it worked out like a lot better. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes I need to have that uh, that direction because I can go just off you know uh to my uh, with reckless abandonment sometimes <laughs> Yeah, i mean and also
2: jake's a very improvisational player in general and so you know a lot of it's just like i like that improvisation i don't like that one you know like a lot of that kind of just like that thing not this thing sort of selection yeah process yeah man
0: just the i just appreciate the hell out of your lyrics man they're just like Seem to resonate like very heavy and give me a lot to think about when listening to the music, which I think is like a pretty good measure of of impact something can have. Man, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah i uh, I think I n- I noticed that from like the get go. It's like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy this dude's storytelling. What do you think is like most informed your your style of of delivering things?
2: I don't. I always well. I think a lot about early on I wrote this song when I was in high school about an ex-girlfriend and I guess just after high school but there was some like dishonesty in the song in in a certain way and and for whatever reason that song became very popular in my hometown and my like scene and I got stuck singing it over and over again and I just really I really hated that (laughs) like it made me it made me um just just you know kind of sick in my stomach to have to sing this like not truthful song so I think m- moving forward from that I just my effort was always just to write as honestly and as openly as possible I I also think like there's some amount of fear that I'm going to sound like an idiot and so if I sing about if I sing very or if I write very literally you know then I know that that it it's just tied to reality and so it's, it actually happened And so I try to, I just, I write very literally, I write, you know, things that, things that have occurred and I try to do it in language that, that, that makes sense to me, you know, and maybe just kind of like mess around with, with words along the way and, and, and try not to
0: use any words that are too large. Kind (laughs) of, I I think I like really love the balance between like this thing that, can sound very specific, like you're talking about this very specific moment in your life, but Mm -hmm. it's also very vague Mm -hmm. maybe to the listener because it's not, I don't know. That's true. Just like completely detailed in some way where you're like, oh, he was, this is exactly what this dude was going through. You know, Uh it's like you can kind of apply your own, it gives a a lot of room for interpretation, I think, along with being very specific at the same time.
2: Right. Well, and I always, I think like, as I've written more songs too what I realized is that the more you can focus on the moment like the more you can bring the magnifying glass in the more uh, the more you have to write about like you can write about these really mundane type of things and they, it just it expands your possibilities kind of
0: like to have all of the lyrics done before you share it with somebody in the band or is it something you like to bounce some
2: ideas off of like i i typically have a verse and a chorus at least before i bring it to the band but a lot of times i'll bring it about halfway through because i like to see how it's feeling as an arrangement before finishing it sometimes it can kind of inform what happens in that second verse or the way that I sing something or, you know, just, I like to, I don't always finish everything. Right. And so sometimes it's helpful to know if, if it, if it's feeling good already in the
0: band, it helps me kind of finish it sometimes. Yeah. And for you guys, instrumentally, are you along the way paying attention to lyrics to see how the instrumentation can like complement those things? Or is it just all about
5: feel? (laughs) I'm, 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 yeah, I'm just vibing it and feeling it. Uh, but I do, you know, really enjoy, like, you know, as, as like, you know, hearing it, hearing the song more and more, I, like, do pay attention to the lyrics a lot. And
3: Phil, Phil, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to speak for Harrison, but at least for me, it's, like, Phil's definitely the one that has, like... He he seemed you seem much more attuned to like uh, like uh, having the, the lyrics in your head. Yeah, Jake
2: scene? doesn't
3: Jake doesn't know what the hell I'm saying to this day.
2: Like he has no idea what the lyrics are. Jake's sound
0: never sounds. heard the record. <laughs> I
3: mean, no, I have. I just I'm always singing it phonetically. He's yeah. like I, he's like oh my guitar part sounds really good.
5: <laughs> oh, fuck <Yeah>. off! <laughs> I mean, that's it's so funny. That's a that's something that like I was drawn to when I first like like saw saw. You you know you got the house party and like why I got the CD and was listening to it so much is because I just like the style of delivery and I'm sure that's why you probably enjoyed it too seeing it for the first time just yeah. like the delivery the wordplay like just the just everything that the song is about and um the voice yeah it was just like after we start building a song and playing it more I start paying attention to that and you know yeah if you watch us play live Phil um. Phil
2: will uh, be singing along usually the whole time. So awesome. Phil yeah, definitely right. I, knows I the love words. that. Yeah.
0: I think honestly no I microphone though. No. I'm I'm actually like that. a a pretty big fan of like as an audience member to see somebody else in the band that doesn't have a microphone singing along the whole time. I fucking love that cuz I think it just like does show how invested you are in the tunes or just like how much you enjoy what you're doing. It seems like when you're making that effort even though it's not on a microphone yeah I, yeah i'm having fun th-
5: this is a great ex- <laughs> <laughs> i'm fun yeah.
3: this is a great example honestly of this situation uh just recently we got nominated for this award in uh in austin for the austin music awards not and just
2: any award but uh, best rock band best rock right band <laughs> in the and, entire city and, you know. and, and uh, <laughs> I wish you could see cheese and live. His music smile capital of the world. Oh, so
4: good.
0: <laughs> not only nominated, but won. Okay. <laughs> okay. one. Okay.
3: Uh, also,
0: Rob <laughs> Thomas endorses this band. Yeah, Rob Thomas. I was yeah. with you guys the day that happened. Like the day of meeting you guys. At the, uh, that's Rob right. You we were yeah. just jazzed. <laughs> it was we so was so jazzed.
3: Uh-huh. Tyler literally woke us up. We were all like like asleep in the in the hotel. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and he's like, like guys, like, as you're as not gonna believe as this. As loud as like Tyler was being loud though. He's like. Rob fucking Thomas. <laughs> yeah, he made us. He just made us posted this shit. Yeah, he
2: made us his song of the day for some day, and uh, I don't know. I guess it was October or
3: yeah,
0: November all, or something. We
3: all woke up though. And we we're like, let's fucking
0: go! Everyone just woke up immediately, <laughs> screaming. Uh, it was, I heard he mostly mentioned how much he likes Jake's guitar parts. Yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
5: <laughs> totally interesting.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I.
5: Uh we need to put that on our like one sheet. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That Rob should be Thomas just is... like a
0: sticker on your your record like yeah. <laughs> Rob Thomas. Oh
2: man, we, that's
5: a good sticker actually. We, we yeah.
2: talk, we've actually been me and our manager Tony have been joking about how funny it is that we could just like every time someone introduces us, we just make them say that and it gets funnier and funnier the further out. It's like it's like you know, October twenty seventh, two thousand twenty two. Rob Thomas's <laughs> song of the day.
0: <laughs> like it's still part of our press in like twenty twenty seven or something. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, that's when you know you'll made it if that's still the uh, the headline
5: yeah. blurb. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I, had, I, I did have a moment where I was like, "Wait, which one's
3: Rob Thomas again?" <laughs>
5: Yeah, Jake also doesn't know shit about popular '90s uh, music culture. '90s music, that's right. Yeah, I remember you music. talking about that too
0: that day of just like yeah. I don't really know who Matchbox Twenty is that much. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's not a it One song, it, it, Jake. It's, what if Rob listens to this?
3: Oh my god, I'm sorry, Rob. <laughs> uh, I'm really sorry, honestly. I, I'll learn Name to do better.
5: Matchbox <laughs> Twenty song. <laughs>
3: Is this like the, the 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 meme of somebody wearing a Carhartt jacket and you're like, name five construction sites?
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but name do, it. do it. Stop stalling. <laughs> yeah, you're stalling. You're you're you're. I don't know you're any, waffling. Right now. I
3: don't know any Matchbox Twenty songs.
5: Wow. God damn. <laughs>
3: Wait, that's uh, not the same guy who sings Smooth, right? It is. It is. Oh, okay.
2: That's
0: yeah. him. That's him. But right, that's right. not a that's, Matchbox 20 <laughs> that's song. That's, that's a Santana song. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it's
3: seven Grammy uh, yeah. award-winning. Award award-winning. Speaking yeah,
0: right. of awards, you were talking about
5: Austin Awards. I don't even oh, know. That's yeah, how so, we got here. So, <laughs> so Speaking of Rob <laughs> Thomas, Smooth, <laughs> and the Yeah. let's talk about Austin, So
0: Rob Thomas named you Austin's... Best rock and roll. Yeah, band. yeah, yeah. Rob Thomas, he's probably barely ever stepped foot in us. Um, oh, wow, don't don't do Rob like that.
6: Why are you doing him dirty? Like, yeah. Jake, okay,
0: I'm trying to get Rob Thomas on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> just so I can talk to him about good looks. Oh, like, that's so I'm not to... saying you're crazy, but you might be a little <laughs>
3: unwell. <laughs>
2: God. Don't push me around. <laughs> don't push me.
3: Around. Oh wait, I don't get it. I don't get it. Those are
2: those are Matchbox Twenty oh, lyrics. Oh, okay. guys, it's three a.m. I gotta go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we we got in, so we got nominated, and won this award, and uh, our label wanted to put together the award ceremony. Asked for the label that we're on to put together like a family band of like a members from a few different bands and uh, I was the Good Looks representative and initially they were like, wanting to cover a Good Looks song and so I I ended up singing Almost Automatic on stage and there was this moment where I was looking at the lyrics and I was like I did not realize this is what Tyler said <laughs> in this song <laughs> yeah. uh, I knew what the song was about but uh, it's, this, it's a part where he's like you got trouble written on you Lindsay it's so clear me and Harrison both thought it said you've got trouble written on your lenses. Yeah, he's throwing
6: you in the water. <laughs> Sorry, with <it>. Harrison. No. <laughs> I did. I mean, it makes sense. There, you know, it's West Texas. The sun's going down. You gotta wear. You got some sun shades. Sun. You gotta have yeah. some lenses on.
3: Yeah, and it's like it, it felt.
5: Oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> You just listen to the fucking song. That's right. Oh, listen to the uh, Phil's oh. trying real hard to be
6: on Tyler's that's, that's amazing. Well, the worst part about it, too, is that on Spotify, the lyrics are there yeah. underneath it. And it's never <laughs> even I don't want to
0: beat this subject to death if it's like an exhausting subject, but it was the night of your album release show, Jake, that wow. you had your accident. Yeah. I was just curious, like, how that impacted all of your guys' relationships, having... I don't know. Evolved things maybe in your band, or just uh, showed you the importance of what you all were doing together, or just like the the friendships in the band. I would imagine that that kind of uh, made you look at things a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, it differently. was differently.
0: It was pretty selfish of Jake to go
2: get hit by a car <laughs>
3: on your album, <laughs> the album day release before
2: tour. <laughs> well, we had
3: to cancel everything. I uh, I will say it's been uh, at least with. The accident, it's been like a weird it's to have it happen as everything was kind of happening with the band and 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 how nuclear like the record went and the story went about the accident in, in tandem, it was like obviously obviously it was like an incredibly I felt very like privileged and, and fortunate to have the support that I got, right? And but it was I think the weirdest part that's it's, it's that's happened since then, at least it's been like with my healing process and like coordinating with the band initially with like a brain that's like kind of going a bit sideways. Uh, We recorded our second record in July, right? Well, we
2: started it in July. We started
3: in July. Yeah. And um, I was just like haywire still. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I basically, we basically started going back at it when my, my, my uh, doctors gave me the go to like, because I had like hearing damage from it, okay, and I I couldn't turn on my amps for like two months. And so once we got that going, I was like, let's go. Yeah, but then that had to, that didn't have
2: to do with the that didn't have to do with the ear thing. It had to do with the the head injury. Oh, well, yeah, right, they right. they they you weren't allowed to play like amplified music. Yeah. And it, but it was, yeah, it was connected to just loud noise, I think, was the, was the, where they were worried about the head injury.
3: That's right. That's right. You're right about that. Uh, yeah. Ty was also very present <laughs> throughout the this entire process. I, too. Sat,
2: I sat through a lot of doctors, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, appointments or yeah, whatever. Tyler visits mom, or whatever. Yeah.
0: yeah. That must have been uh, scary to feel like maybe you were losing that part of this thing that you, you love to do
3: no i I'm, I'm very accident prone and so i felt like kind of old hat at first honestly the the the, the thing that like really phoned it in for and not phoned it in, i keep saying that the thing that really like brought it home was when i had experienced ptsd for the first time that was like a whole new like i never yeah uh and, and that that's been like the biggest struggle um for me at least and, uh, actually happened last night. Uh, we were at, when we were about to leave, I think you were in the, you were, I think you, the, you made your yeah. way back out last night, but there was like a,
5: yeah, some car just like, kind of. well, yeah, it was a and, big
3: yeah. old diesel with a supercharger that went off and it was like right next to me when it went off and it just went, Shh. yeah. And it scared, I mean, it scared the piss out of anybody, but I grew up in the country. So yeah. it's like, I have like a race car family. And so it's <laughs> like, I like the, having that happen was like a, you know, a took me out for a second
0: yeah for sure was it uh pretty revitalizing for you all then to like be back in the room playing music together and and being finally preparing to to go out on the road with this this record that had gained some attention during that time as well
5: oh I mean I think for me it was like get just you know that first show back playing Kerrville was like kind of the the moment it was like okay like we're it was kind of like the go-ahead moment of like, all right, we're gonna get back on it.
3: Yeah. I wasn't allowed to talk on the mic for a while, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah,
5: <laughs> that's
2: true. Yeah, we did take the mic away for a while. Could, he was he was saying some crazy shit though. I was <laughs> really
6: saying some wild stuff.
3: <laughs> well, but that was that's the thing. Brains don't like,
6: work no good. Yeah, I mean that was the thing we we played. Oh, just, just no filter is what it was. It was no filter. So, so his opinions were coming in hot. Yeah, they were coming in real and hot. Angry. Uh-huh. Yeah.
3: I was like the angriest I'd ever been, honestly.
2: He was I, like he would start talking shit about other bands and stuff like on stage, and we're like, Oh, no, no, beautiful. No,
3: no. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember that. That's
2: not how no we feel. I don't want to I I don't want to mention which band
0: it was. Okay. Alright, fair enough, fair enough. It was Matchbox 20.
2: <laughs> it was Matchbox no, 20?
3: Yeah. <laughs> no I, I remember like it, too like at the comeback show was yeah at the Kerrville Folk Festival where Tyler and I like initially met and made a bunch of memories of that, and it was at the 50th anniversary
5: yeah, yeah yeah
3: Tyler like held on to it we canceled everything else but that's we right. had gotten he like held on to that one to
5: make sure that I like was gonna be able to make yeah it, there was like it. a window between the accident and that show that was like all right we'll see how his progress is and you remarkably got it was two better. months afterwards like that's insane yeah that's yeah. wild that he had a
2: traumatic brain injury, a skull fracture, and, like, played the show two months later. <laughs> yeah, nuts. it
5: was pretty nuts. You, it seems uh, like once I got uh, out of the
3: hospital, I, like, recovered a lot faster than people were anticipating, too, it seemed like. That's true. I, like, I really got I really got fortunate. Yeah. My butt grew two sizes, though. That was the thing. I actually had a butt for once, you know? It look, <laughs> looked good, and then that went away. <laughs> Is that what we want to talk about? Yeah, that's great. That's...
2: Well, it was so f- full of pus and infection <laughs> that it grew. To, it was it, it grew to size. He had a second hospital trip. Yeah,
3: I did. have was second. Where hospital they took trip. like a
2: liter of fluid out of your ass. Two liters. Two liters. Oh my god. Yeah. Disgusting. Like, Absolutely like
3: disgusting. Accomplishment. I felt like I was in like the. I was Wait, in. Did you, did you see it? No, I mean I oh, saw yes. his ass. Some, yeah, yeah somewhat. <laughs> no, uh, no. For a Christian, it was
5: huge. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, the doctor didn't like come out of a back room with like two, like, Slap, ma- like mason jars like, be, like full Fra- of, Fra- of Fra- like a bag of, Fra- <laughs> Fra- Fra- <laughs> of Fra- yeah. yeah. Slap in the bag. <laughs> it's like your boy's
3: gonna be all right. <laughs>
2: That's gross.
3: Yeah, it, I, I felt like I was in the hospital the second time around longer. I kept funny. just looking at the UT, uh, the University of Texas football stadium, the entire like every day. I was like, "Am I like, am I in Plato's Allegory of the Cave right now?" <laughs>
2: you were there longer the second time. Yeah, it I was. was like yeah. almost twice as long. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Driving west, we were searching for
1: the. i
0: Talk about Robert's departure from the band, his impact, and uh, what made you all want to bring Harrison into the into the mix. Well, just to start with, you know, kind of what happened with Robert.
2: This thing kind of like started really rolling hard last year. I think it was just it, every, it, everything got a lot busier than than we really expected. I think. Before we put the record out, we were kind of anticipating like a couple of weeks of touring here and a couple of weeks there. But when, once we added a booking agent, things just kind of got rolling. And all of a sudden we were doing, you know, we did two month long tours at the end of last year, which was just more than than we anyone had kind of anticipated. And, and Robert just, you know, has some has a more. I don't know how to say it. Just like you know, he's a lawyer and and has just more financial responsibilities and can't really be on the road as 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 much as as we need to be. And so at some point, Robert just you know came to me and said, "Hey, you don't you don't need me to start saying no to shows. You guys really need to be out there." And I think I have to kind of step back from it. So really, it was a very we're um, really grateful for how easy kind of the transition has been in some ways just with like, you know, I think in other situations with people that weren't as close or as good of friends or as good a person as Robert was, you know, that could be a really challenging conversation to have, or it might've been something that we, you know, that was a problem and then had to be hashed out. But Robert was just so gracious and how he handled the whole situation and really ultimately cares about the success of the band. And, um, he stayed on as, as our, our, uh, lawyer and, and part of the planning team, and and then Harrison sort of entered the picture. Um, y- you know, I've known Harrison for a while, but he was you know really tight with Jake, and we were kind of looking for someone to fill in a little bit for Robert so that he wouldn't have to be gone so much. So Harrison kind of started as you know a, a temporary uh, kind of replacement on some some of these runs last year, and then it it you know, it was he was the logical choice to go to just because we love his playing and he's easy to tour with and a great dude. And so it, it, it kind of just all lined up
0: really perfectly. Yeah. You come into this thing as a, a fan of what these
6: guys were doing already. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Fan, fan in the band, <laughs> uh, that record came out and I just, I, I was a fan of Tyler. <laughs> it's funny to say your name, but Tyler Jordan in the negative space. Okay. Um, uh, Back in the day, which was the band before the the name change. Um, I remember seeing them around town. And then, yeah, when this uh, Good Looks record came out, especially those first two singles, it was almost automatic and vision boards. I just, like, was really affected by those songs. And they hit me really hard. And I remember uh, showing them to my uh, partner in the car, and she said, you know them? (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is a sweet testament to... How good the music is, yeah. Um, but yeah, I got the call from Jake. I remember I was about to take my nap. You're about to take I, nap. T- I, t- I take yeah. a nap every day after work. Yeah, after <laughs> work, take a nap, and then I get ready to go out into the nightlife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's a good yeah. move. Get ready to get ready for round two. Yeah, yeah. Harris was
3: like, Harris like, give me a give me a second. I'm gonna take a nap first.
6: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> let me
3: sleep on well, it. So
6: I. So, Jake Jake, um, I think you had called me but then you had sent a text Being like I need to need ask you about something And I was like okay so I, clearly I have to take this call Yeah. Where I think I usually would avoid Calls yeah. when it's nap time And then uh, he proposed he, It first started as just like can you fill in For this run Of shows It's in two weeks And I was like whoa um, Okay um, let me take this nap. <laughs> let me like let me sleep on it. <laughs> to decide and yeah, I woke up and after I woke up, like made a coffee. I was like, oh well, yeah, that's an easy yes. And so <laughs> but yeah, it started as just filling out some shows last year. I did a couple runs, and yeah, it's been
0: full time starting this year. Yeah, as far as like implementing yourself into the the live show, was it pretty easy for you to like? Just want to learn the parts the way that they were uh, already written for you, or was there some yeah, freedom there? I definitely there? stayed
6: true to yeah. how a lot of the parts were. Uh, Robert honestly was very kind because um. He
3: sent a whole video series. Yeah, <laughs>
6: oh, with these. Oh, hila- that's amazing. He sent these hilarious tutorials <laughs> with with really just funny commentary on the songs and like kind of what was going on. He's like, yeah. And then, you know, Jake's making some noise during this part. So he just hold down this for a while. And then <laughs> like, it's in 21. He's like, and I don't really know how many counts it is, but you'll hear Phil do this. Phil, Phil does a Phil, <laughs> Phil with the Phil. And then you'll know to go into this part. Uh, it was, it was really sweet. It's just because it was two weeks before having to just like jump in a van yeah. with these guys. And I, I've known Jake since I for a long time. Yeah. Um and I knew Tyler but I did not know Phil at all and I really don't think I knew you that well Tyler like uh-huh. just some small talk at a That's bar true. but Yeah. Yeah because I mean I'm I'm
2: uh I stay home a lot. I'm hard, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hard to get to know too. Like I kind of I kind of stand in the corner and and I'm not a big drinker so Yeah. Not a lot of social lubricant there. I hear you. I'm with you on that. High anxiety. That one, you
3: know. <laughs> I have friends that are like, yeah, we really want to get to meet Tyler. I like really want to get to talk to him, but it feels like he doesn't. Yeah, good luck, buddy. <laughs> good, yeah, get in line, pal. He used, he used
2: to be the shotgun king.
3: That's right. Yeah, Tyler yeah. is still a shotgun king. There's like no. defeating right. it. He just won't. Nobody has to challenge him. That's right. Well, the the belt it remains because
2: I'm not participating anymore. But eventually <laughs> yeah. they might take it away.
3: Tyler like literally has like a like a like a void in his like stomach Art. or something. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen somebody like destroy uh, like a beer so quickly. It's like two seconds, and it's sixteen ounce can of Lone Star's gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. tall boy!
2: Yeah, tall I boy. could do. We, we on that last tour on the two thousand seventeen tour, on the last night, we were like every time we stopped, we were like shotgunning a beer, but then we'd have to stop more because we kept shotgunning beers, and then then I got Anastasia to like shotgun monsters with me too. <laughs> we shotgun two monsters. I have a photo. Oh, of you guys man, it's that. disgusting. <laughs>
0: Oh, it was a really bad hangover. Been, I feel like that would have produced some anxiety that yeah. just like, oh, man. Well, the alcohol kept, kept drinking, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah. You're fishing away the anxiety, right? That's
3: right. Yeah. Well,
0: that's cool, man, that you got to enter as like somebody that like these songs were having an impact on you when you were listening to them, and then all of a sudden you're on the, the other side of it and on the stage playing the jams. Yeah, it
6: happened really fast, too, because that record had come out and I already loved the record and then it was like before the full album had come out I was already filling in on some dates which was yeah you couldn't ask for anything better as this like bands having all this success and rise to instantly kind of grab some coattails and just ride it yeah he's the Henry Rollins of our
0: band (laughs) (laughs) did you all do you now that you've had like a lot of time to play shows and, and do some more extensive touring how do you feel like that has kind of like shaped the band moving forward and getting you know your live show in intact or just feeling good about that and has that kind of like shaped how the, the songwriting moving forward from the Bummer Year record?
2: Yeah I I don't know I mean I feel like we're a machine right now Um, it feels really tight on stage. I mean, we, we played a lot this month. We played true false fest in the beginning of the month. And, um, then we were home and played eight shows during South by Southwest. And now we're up here doing this. So we're, we're in a really good place as far as just everything feels really good. Um, the next record, a lot of those songs are already, already written, you know, that song, that, that album is already recorded. And, um, and I've been, I don't know, I'm not going to say I'm going through a dry spell. I, I, I think I'm just there. It's been so busy and I just haven't been writing a ton, but we've been working on a couple of new songs and, um, yeah, it feels the, I guess that one feels really good right now. And yeah, I don't know. It's, it's feeling, I'm
0: feeling positive about, uh, the Sega, the,
3: the Sega Nintendo song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: That's right. Right on. Well, I appreciate y'all, uh, giving me some of your time getting to hang out with you. No, thank in, you are so yeah, Back in you. Boise. This is the only time, this is the only place I see good looks. That's right. It's in <laughs> Boise, Idaho. I will never see you in another city. Uh-huh. I will only come here. Okay,
2: well, that's good. It works for, I mean, it's, it's further from us than it is for you. So. <laughs>
0: that is true. Uh, what
2: are you, six hours?
0: Yeah. Okay, so we're 26, yeah. so, you know, so, no big deal. It's a it's a few more, but <laughs> um but who's counting? <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. 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 So this is super fun and I want to play the episode out with the uh the title track to Bummer Year. It's okay. uh it's that's one of those tracks it must be cool to since you wrote all those songs so long ago. It must be cool to kind of see how they have stood the test of time and how they just continue to to speak to what's happening Jeez, I feel like gross. around us is yeah. it, it was really impressive to find out that you had written those songs to me like a couple years or a few mm-hmm. years before they actually came out
2: yeah it, it definitely feels it, it it's really cool just it also it also feels like a different person you know because they are such personal stories and and it's a moment in time like they're pictures of of that time period and i'm you know just so different now that it's it's kind of neat to it's kind of neat to relive that human
0: yeah But well i i just yeah appreciate the hell out of your your take on things and your uh your way to find words for them so and thank you so much yeah. and the live show is killing too It was it was great to Get to see you guys play last time I was here. and Why do you look at Jake when you say that? Well, I just want Jake to <laughs> know that, that I mean? notice his guitar playing. Be- <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping I get to see y'all play, and see Harrison play with you guys. So. Yeah, tonight, nice. Hell yeah. Um, I'll put all the links in the episode notes so people can uh, keep up with you. And if they are uh, a fan of what they heard here, they can find that record on on vinyl. I have one of those. Which is, which is great, and they can stream it wherever people listen to music, and we end every episode of the podcast with the guest saying the tagline for the show, which is it's a program, so if we could get the good looks, it's a program, we can properly sail it out. It means nothing. It's just a goofy way that my grandfather says the news program. He says program, <laughs> oh, and it's just... I was
3: about to ask, it's like, wait, what exactly are you saying?
0: I don't know. Yeah, it's just program with a U. Okay. It's a program. A, program. Yeah, a program. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, so this has uh, has been good looks, and it's a program. They know it, everybody. Good looks from <laughs> Austin, Texas. All the links are in the episode notes. We're playing it out with that title track from Bummer Year, and that is the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side. Tree Fort, Austin, Portland, wherever you are listening from.
1: All my friends from high school. They all bought motorcycles, joined up with a back gang, supported Donald Trump. I don't think they're evil, even when they're awful. Not totally class conscious, but ultimately good. Cause they're the kind of people you'd want with you in a bar fight. Even when you caused it Cause you talk too much shit But when you got a flat tire Somewhere out in Jones Creek Here they come a-racing in some stupid jacked-up truck
4: Take me to the beach shooting fireworks Feed me
1: crawfish Chicken cousin
0: Shout out to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast and for their longtime support of this thing. Don't forget to find that discount link in the episode notes or in my Instagram bio. 30% off your first year membership with DistroKid, helping you get your music in all the places it needs to be. And big thanks to Drops for making some of my favorite edibles in the game, keeping me fine-tuned with their gummies, whether THC-heavy or CBD-heavy. Great for stress and solid sleep. Find them at your favorite local dispensary. Appreciate the
6: support. More info on drops in the episode notes as well. Stay up, stay tuned.